Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no off-season. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside of Dave Nelson Field in South Pasadena, California, the Little League home of, well, this was a Little League home of my kids. My kids used to play Little League. And the last Little League game they ever played was played right here at Dave Nelson Field. Uh, Nelson family uh, included Rob Nelson, who was a former Oakland A's prospect. In fact, when the A's were developing their superstar team in the mid-1980s, McGuire and Nelson were considered to be the top prospects. And it looked like that they were hoping to have, you know, that, you know, right-handed, left-handed power of McGuire and Nelson were going to be the foundation of the team. But McGuire developed into a superstar, and Nelson did not. He made it to the major leagues, played a handful of games with the A's, wound up being traded to San Diego in the deal that brought Storm Davis to Oakland. Um, And uh, there's some little advantage that McGuire had over Nelson. I can't quite put a needle on it. But alas, Nelson didn't become the foundation of those great A's teams, but he did make it to the majors. And do you know what? Chances are you didn't. So he was, uh, I met Rob Nelson. He was, I was the uh, host, the, the MC of the opening day ceremonies of Little League back in 2012 here at this very field. And there were some VIPs that were there, including two members of the 1981 world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. Ken Landro was the center fielder of that team, caught the final out. Jay Johnstone was there, and he hit a dramatic home run in the World Series against the Yankees. And Rob Nelson was there. So he had three former major leaguers that were here. Your pal Sully was the host. And all the kids were there in their Little League uniforms, and it was great. This field looks amazing. You should, I mean, I'm going to post a picture of it on sullybaseball.com and on mlbreports.com, the two places where these podcasts are posted. I mean, the, the field is just green. It looks fabulous. It's manicured. And this was where my kids played their final Little League game. And I could say it's a final Little League game because, you know, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because my kids are, are amazing. They're wonderfully smart, empathetic kids with creativity and curiosity. They're A students. They're loving. I just thought one of them would be a baseball fan. I thought one of them. I thought, you know, the odds of having twin boys and a, a dad who will just constantly be inundated with baseball... You just thought the odds were in the favor that one would become a rabid baseball fan. As we're surrounded by baseball games and they're visiting their grandparents, there's always a ball game on. and Their dad is always talking about baseball. You would think just through osmosis, one of them would become one. But nope, they, they'll watch an inning or two, but they don't really care. And some people say like, well, maybe later. No, it's probably not. 
The people who become baseball fans later are the ones who are introduced to it. If they're, they didn't grow up in a baseball home, but they wound up going to college in a place like New York or Boston or Philadelphia, and they wind up getting hooked on the ball club that's there. If they haven't been hooked, you know, I've, intru- I've brought them down to the, the, the clubhouse in, or just outside the clubhouse in Oakland where I got to introduce you to Sean Doolittle and meet baseball players and be surrounded by baseball and great games and great World Series and watching the Giants of the World Series, watching the Red Sox of the World Series, watching the Dodgers of the World Series, watching some of the great World Series games. I mean, think about some of the classic World Series games in 2011, in 2014, in 20, the Cubs Indian Series, last year Houston versus Los Angeles. And they'll watch a few innings, but then they'll go and read about ninjas. And I'm not complaining. You know why? Because I would rather have sweet, smart, curious, empathetic, loving, straight-A students who don't really care about baseball as opposed to having two rabid baseball fans, but they're flunking, they're jerks, you know, teenagers go, I don't care, shut up, Dad, turn on the ball game. I'd rather have my kids. I'd rather have my kids. I, I gave them, I mean, we brought them to Little League. They played Little League here on this field that I'm looking at now. And it didn't keep. And I'll tell you, uh, I'm not the greatest dad in the world. I try my best. But I one thing I do know, and I think anyone knows, that if you want your kids to do something, you don't force feed it to them. That's when they rebel and say, to hell with this. And the last thing I wanted to have happen is have baseball be the thing that they become resentful to their dad about. So, their dad will watch baseball, and they'll watch. Uh, they'll watch what they watch. And, and you know what the funny thing is, and this is the reason why I've kind of been like, you know what? If they don't like it, fine. Is there so many other things that we do like to watch together? We do like to watch, you know, Star Wars and. Ghostbusters. We watch the TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. My kids fall off the couch laughing, and it's a fun show to watch. You know, they love watching shows like, you know, Modern Family and Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, Big Bang Theory, all these shows that they, they like to watch, and I like to watch it with them. We watch Star Wars Rebels, which is a great animated show, and we have that. We, and we, get, we watch The Flash, the TV show The Flash, we watch Arrow. We've watched the shows that my brother has worked on, like uh, Supergirl and, and Star Trek Discovery and all these different things. And, and so there's no shortage of stuff that we all enjoy together. We watched Black Panther this weekend. Uh, you know, My son Aiden and I went to go see Thor Ragnarok, and we sat down. We watched Star Trek The Wrath of Khan together and loved it. It just all these things we love it to enjoy together. I just thought baseball would be in it too, <laughs> you know, because my wife doesn't care about baseball, my kids don't care about baseball, so when I watch baseball, that's the thing daddy does, 
And you know what? It's a fair trade. It's a fair trade. You know, one of the things that baseball does, and, and the people who are obsessing over pace of play may never understand this, but it becomes like a friend who's there every day. And you can do stuff. You can be at work. You could be, you could be cooking dinner. You could be working out. You could be doing chores. And the game's just on. It's a friend. Is there a game on? Do you just turn a game on? And when the game's on, you don't stare at the radio or the television like, I have to see every single thing. You can come in and out of it. It's 5-2 to two in the 8th. Okay. Yep, yeah, I'm just chopping onions. Hey, can you put that away? Oh, wait. Something's happening. What happened? Oh, it's a hit. Oh, the tying runs on. Oh, cool. All right, all right. Can you pass me the chives? That's part of the appeal of baseball is the fact that it's on for a little bit. You can come in and out of it, and it's a companion, and it's there every day. And it's funny. Today is the day that teams are beginning to play spring training games. And you could, you know, over the, the last bunch of years, I've kind of poo-pooed when people have started getting into um, the games that are being played at spring training. I, I, there, there have been entire years that have gone by that when they start playing, I said, I don't care. It's a spring training game. It's hard for me to get excited about a spring training game. And, and, I, and I don't get excited about spring training games in terms of the results. And how anyone could is beyond me. You know, it's basically you're watching batting practice. You're watching pitching practice. And you're watching, you know, uh, you know infield drills. It's, that's what it is. And a bunch of guys who are like number 73 or 84, guys from the minor leagues, are trying to get that 24th, 25th spot on the roster with a decent spring. Players who are injured last year, you're saying, oh, are they, are they, are they healthy? Players who had crap seasons last year, you're thinking, do they look better? Players who had surprise seasons last year, you think, was that a fluke? But most of it is just, it's practice. And I have a hard time getting into games that don't matter. That like, oh, what was their win? did they win the game? Well, they weren't even playing their best players at the end of the game. That's why I had, tr- that's why I had trouble getting into the World Baseball Classic. You were watching games at half speed. But I'll tell you, I am going to listen, use my MLB app to listen to some spring training games. Do you know why? Because this is another thing that baseball provides. It provides a respite. It gives us a break. You know? It gives us something to take your mind off of it because... This has been an unbelievably intense year just for all the stuff going on in the outside world. I'm not going to get political here. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably figure out where I land on the political spectrum. But people of all stripes of politics are welcome here because for the most part, I'll talk about baseball. I will talk about things 
that are social issues, but they'll be based upon what I think are right and wrong, not based upon where I fall on the spectrum politically. But that being said, my God, 2018, is this really the pace we're going to be all year? Are we really not going to have a break? Are we really not going to have a moment where we're like, all right, let's just have a boring week? Is it just always going to be this intense, high-pitched scream level of vitriol, indictments, death, and prejudice? Vitriol, indictments, death, and prejudice. That sounds it's like the worst law firm in the world. And that's every day we have this. And just like, what, like, every day you're like, you turn your Twitter on, it's like, oh my God, what's happening now? Now what was said? Now who was screamed at? Now what's wrong? I miss being bored. And we just had a year, a full year that was like that. And 2016 was at this, this, bizarre election cycle. Then you had 2017 that was just bananas. And now we're like going, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're not slowing down? It's only February. Can we just, can we have a month where we say, what happened today? Eh, nothing much. Just another day. It's just every day it's a tidal wave. And I realize, you know, I'm Baseball is half speed. It's going to be borderline T-ball happening today. But at least it's something. It's, a, it's some form of, oh, my friend. Can I just... Can I just... <laughs> spend some time with you? I remember there was a time when there was some bad stuff going on in my life personally and I wasn't feeling good about this that or the other thing and a friend of mine was having a get together at their home and I called my friend up and I said hey can I help you just set up like do you need help setting up the like they're having a barbecue and an outdoor thing can I come over and just help you set up and I said oh the party's not coming for like another hour I said I'd like to come help you set up and I insisted. And I brought over like a couple of, well, what do you need? And they said they actually didn't need food. They needed bags of ice and um, like napkins and paper plates and that sort of thing. They said that would be really helpful. And then when I got there, there was a lot, some chores. I helped them set up tables and everything. They said, oh, thanks so much. And part of the reason I did that was I, I tried to be a helpful person and an empathetic person. But the other reason I did that was I wasn't, doing that well mentally like I was I was going through a bad time and I just wanted I didn't want to wait to see my friend I just wanted to be around my friend even if it was just setting up tables even if it was just getting a few bags of ice and pouring it into the cooler while they put the drinks and the the, the cans of beer and soda pop in the cooler I said can I just come and help set up I remember doing that that was a while ago I think it was even before I was, it was before I was married. And I was thinking about that today. That it was like, 
the people who are turning on the spring training games today are the people like me who are just getting worn down by what's happening in reality and said, can we just help you set up? Can we just come over to your home and just bring some bags of ice and get and you're you're getting ready for the party. We'll help. We just want that interaction. You know, I was going to do this podcast from my home, but I wanted to do it here at the baseball field because it's like I miss this I miss this friend which is the baseball field. And I just want to help him set up it won't really be a game, but there'll be balls being thrown and people will be hitting in the, with a bat and people will be feeling grounders and people will be catching fly balls. And by the third or fourth inning, no regulars are going to be playing and no one's going to be stealing bases. No one's going first to third and sliding hard. It's because you're just getting set up. But we need this, man. We need this because... This has just not been a fun year so far. And we just want to be able to see our friends again. That's always the best part of spring training is just seeing the people showing up in their uniforms. Look at that. They're wearing the hat. And of course, when a big acquisition is made, it never seems real until they're at spring training wearing the uniform. I made this, I made this point before. In a, a few years ago, on, on back on the Daily Podcast, but uh, I remember when the the Red Sox didn't sign Pedro, and he wound up signing with the Mets, which turned out to be the right move baseball wise, because Pedro really only gave the Mets a year and a half um, of good baseball, and it, you know they offered him a four year deal. And allowing Pedro to go gave the Red Sox the wiggle room to pick up Beckett. And Beckett was the key to winning the 2007 World Championship. Baseball-wise and all the stuff, it made sense. But Pedro was my favorite player. and It is my favorite player of all time. And seeing him, I had a hard time accepting that he was no longer on the Red Sox. Until I finally saw him wearing a Mets uniform at their spring training facility. So it's like the like the acquisition of these players, like the big moves, whether it's Giancarlo Stanton or Hugh Darvish or J.D. Martinez or whomever the hell it is. You know, I'm sure for Pirate fans, it, see, the first time you see McCutcheon wearing a, a San Francisco uniform or for Rays fans, the first time you see Evan Longoria wearing a San Francisco uniform, it's going to be a gut punch. The way the first time I saw Pedro wearing a Mets uniform, I was like, oh, it's real. Oh, it really happened. Oh, crap. And yeah, but it's seeing your friends and you need that friend again. And even if it's only going to be me who needs a friend in my home, man, we all need this. We all need news of, hey, that player looks good. He looks healthy. Not bad. Or some of the news, you're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, this player has shoulder surgery. This player has this, that, or the other thing. You know, we have, uh, you know, it, it, 
you know, when you start to see things like, um, you know, Otani is going to, you know, it hits a, hits a huge home run or this or that. Yeah, it's not really, doesn't really count. Man, we need it, though. Man, we need it. By the way, um, I was looking at uh, uh, an NBC Sports uh, column written by uh, Craig Calcaterra, who's a great baseball writer. Follow him on Twitter. He, he, I don't know him personally. I'm giving him a plug here. And he was talking about the 60 free agents who are available still. And, you know, some of them are, you know, there's some very recognizable names on there. And there's some of them who could probably still help a team out. You know, the Jonathan Lucroy could still be a decent catcher. Lance Lynn is still out there. You know, you're still, you still got some, if you need a backup catcher, you know, bring in a Giovanni Soto, bring in a Carlos Ruiz. And I just was thinking, what if they did an emergency expansion for this year? What if they said, okay, all right, we're going to have a team in Montreal, we're going to have a team in Portland. We split these players up, boom, there's got your two teams. Now that, of course, is impossible because, you know, there's uh, a, uh, you know, you, the schedule's already written, the hotel room's already booked. But I got to tell you, I don't know how it works, and I haven't gone deep. I've done a lot of research on this. It's just something I'm thinking about. You've got all these independent teams. You know, the, the Atlantic League, there's teams in, in the West, there's teams in the, the, the South. You know, in, in near New York, you've got the Newark Bears, and the Bridgeport Bluefish, and the Long Island Ducks. All these teams that are playing that are not affiliated with a major league team. And, man... Wouldn't you think that those teams would say, hey, look it, if you're unsigned, come play with us and we'll, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be your showcase. Wouldn't that be amazing if you started seeing uh, you know, the, the Long Island Ducks and the Bridgeport Bluefish being able to be basically an extended free, ag- free agent camp for some of these players? And wouldn't that be great for the box office of some of those teams? But wouldn't that make sense to stay in shape? And and I don't know. I don't know. It would seem less humiliating than going floating around in the ether. It could be wrong. I wish they could just say, all right, fine, we have two new teams. But I was thinking about hardball. One of the versions of hardball that I had is the video game where they just had the two teams. It was like the Accolade All-Stars and the Accolade Champs or something like that. And those were the only two teams that could play each other. Would it be cool if you just sort of split these two, these, the remaining free agents up together and just sort of say, okay, you're now two teams. You're going to play 162 games against each other. Go. I don't know. I love that these are the things I'm thinking about. Because games are starting. Not real games. Not games that really count. But at least we're helping them set up the party. Well, I'm going to go back into my car as I'm walking around Nelson Little League Field where my kid's baseball career ended (laughs) rather ingloriously. But... Baseball starting up, at least some form of it. And man, your pal Sully 
needs it right now. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. At the Nelson Little League Field, on kind of a windy day, this has been the Sully Baseball Podcast for the 23rd day of February 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Let's play ball, and you can call me Sully.